We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Oh no, not again. Hey, it's cool here if you don't know, and it is time for another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. How's everybody doing, huh? It's Friday. It is really nice outside as I am recording this on Thursday, and it's about it's probably going to be about as nice tomorrow. So it's nice spring weather. It's the type of weather that we all enjoy before it gets just way too hot in summer. Anyway. Let us check out what is going on in and around the Low Bias Game community, starting with Scarlet uh, over on his channel, Low Bias Scarlet, L-O-W-B-I-A-S. Um, Scarlet, and uh, as usual, uploading a million videos at a time, but uh, I can tell you that they're all either Ratchet and Clank or Doom RPG. Uh, Jade Pharaoh, with, a, with more of a variety, uh, with uh, Aviary Attorney, Super Mario RPG, Wet Dreams Dry Twice, the latest Leaders of Larry game, and uh, Rockman Classical, which I believe is a Rockman 1 hack, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Real Zero, uh, with a 3 instead of the E in, uh, in a 0. Uh, with uh, Amateur Hour, doing some speedruns of Super Mario Bros. 2, as well as his 30 minute game series, uh, some speedruns and races of uh, The Seven Saga and Infested, which is uh, a game in the style of Mac Venture games for the, for the Nintendo. Um, on J-Pop for Life, J-Pop 4LF on YouTube, um, he is doing some speedruns for The Seven Saga as well as still playing Honey Pop Double Date. Uh, some random games including Theme Park um, and a bunch of stuff. Uh, mostly streaming, but uh, not all of it. Uh, Ragnats uh, streaming on his channel, uh, Super Mario, uh, Super Metroid Zelda 3. Jason, Jason's Groove Machine, uh, on Twitch right now is streaming uh, some more of his Minecraft series. And Mazkit Skiven, uh, M A Z U K I T S K I V E N, uh, with our weekly. Uh, Link to the Past, Multi-World Games, uh, where I am present. So that's what's going on in and around the Little Bias Game community. Let's get some music, shall we? You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, Radio 8.1 FM
listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song is by Jake Kaufman, and it is the main title theme of today's game from the archives. The sequel to the critically acclaimed Shantae is here. Fans ask, and WayForward has answered, with a powder keg of high octane, hair whipping, hip shaking action available only on Nintendo DSiWare. Uh, Shant actually available on Windows as well now. Shantae Ris- Risky's Revenge sets the bar even higher with thousands of frames of animation, huge multi-sprite bosses, and a quest so big it's bursting at the seams. Guide half-genie Shantae through haunted wastelands, burning deserts, enchanted forests, dripping caverns, and deadly labyrinths. Discover magical attacks, brew zombie coffee, save golden babies, and master the art of belly dancing to transform Shantae into more powerful creatures. Uh, use power. Use your powers to fool the lady pirate Risky Boots and save Sequin Land from certain doom. With its infectious characters, flirtatious humor, and deliciously outlandish action, Shantae Risky's Revenge offers up all the hair-whipping, belly-dancing action you can handle. You're really, really, um, putting the dot on hair-whipping there, aren't you? So that's, Shanta- uh, that's the back of the box for Shantae Risky's Revenge, which is a platforming game originally for DSiWare, but has been ported to Windows, developed and published by WayForward, and released in 2010. Uh, so yeah, it is uh, a, a game in the Shantae series, which is uh, it's kind of an interesting series. It just kind of started as kind of a silly thing, and... Uh, it just got sillier from there, is all I can say. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in this sort of thing, Jade Farrow has played it for you. Eight videos available on Low Bias Gaming, L-O-W-B-I-A-S Gaming.net if you want to check that out. This was supposed to be Jason's week, by the way, but uh, still getting some things sorted out after his original exodus from YouTube. So, um, we're gonna have to skip him for a little bit, but hopefully soon we'll be able to get back on track with him. So, here's hoping everything works out.
with Groovescape, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, shiftings, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is, of course, time for the news of the weird, and as usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time. Some of these may not jive well with all audiences, but they have been staying for objectionable content. As a result, one story is getting skipped in this set. Uh, this segment is usually about 13-15 minutes long or so, more or less, so take that as you will. Our lead story for today, April Fools, because of course... An April Fool's Day prank went wrong in Wichita, Kansas on well, April 1st, KWCHTV reported, when Arnthea Willis, 58, called her daughter that morning and said she'd been shot. Wow. That, that's not... Well, why? Anyway. Um, the Wichita Police and Fire Departments and Sedgwick County EMS responded to the address given, but uh, discovered no one was there. They later found Arnthea in a suburban derby and arrested her for an unlawful request for emergency service assistance. Yeah. Uh, what? What? What even? Why? Why would you do that? No, please don't. That's... There's funny April Fool's Day pranks and then there's this. But no. Man. Ah. Anyway, let's hope that this one isn't nearly as terrible, but it probably is. Um, Michael Boatman, 41, discovered by two sheriff's deputies wandering down the street at 1 a.m. in Spartanburg, South Carolina, wearing only a clear bag over his genitals on April 1st, told the officers he was doing a walk of shame in penance for cheating on his wife, according to an incident report. The smoking gun reported Boatman, who was smoking marijuana, According to the report, also allegedly told officers he had taken methamphetamine earlier. Boatman briefly tried to run away from officers, police said, but was captured and arrested for indecent exposure, among other offenses. Uh, yeah, but what? Mm. That's, that's, the meth, that's the meth for you, man. But don't do any of that. But, but, yeah. <laughs> Yikes! That's a good word for that last story, and it's probably a good word for the next one, too. An unnamed man emerged with his groceries from an Albertson supermarket in Las Cruces, New Mexico on, on March 28th to find that his car had been overtaken by an estimated 15,000 honeybees, according to the Las Cruces Fire Department. The man who had bartered the car had left the back window down during his 10-minute trip to the store and the beast took up residence in the back seat. The New York Times reported he called 911, and responding firefighters turned to Jesse Johnson, Jesse Johnson, 37, an off-duty firefighter who keeps bees as a hobby. Johnson bought an empty hive box treated with lemongrass oil. It really mimics the scent of the queen, he said, and lured the swarm out of the car. I'll do anything to keep people from killing bees, Johnson said. Good on you. That's really sucks that they were trying to uh, form a hive in the guy's borrowed car, but um, 
at least we were able to, to get out of it without exterminating the bees because there, there's a, a definite lack of bees in the world and they generally don't really want to bother people so yeah, as long as you don't bother them anyway. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a happy ending to that story. Hopefully, hopefully the next story ends that way too, but considering it's called Cliché Come to Life, I'm gonna guess no. Around 14 a.m. on March 24th, an unidentified resident of Loria, Michigan, awoke to found a gun pointed at his head, WLUC-TV reported. Um, Loria police said Warren Myers, 52, of Calumet, Michigan, allegedly demanded the homeowner uh, give him his two cats. The cat burglar left with one cat and was later apprehended along with a gun he used, said authorities. He was arraigned on March 29th in Houghton County Court. The fate of the stolen cat is unknown. Cat burglar, no kidding. Wow. Um, I'm pretty sure that there are easier and more illegal ways to get a cat. As, mm, anyway. I would say that that um, he might have been under some influence, but there's absolutely no mention of that in the story. So they usually mention things like that, as we've seen in previous stories. Everyone's a critic. Jason Harvey, 50, of Romford, England, has been fined about $3,800 after his East London Town Council uh, received 150 complaints from neighbors about his Saturday night karaoke parties. It has been a nightmare, said one neighbor. It was so loud and his singing was terrible. Noise officers told the Evening Standard they received specific complaints about Harvey's covers of Dire Straits' Sultans of Swing and Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton's Islands in the Stream. Harvey, who said he would appeal the fine, defended his, his voice. I admit I'm no singer, but I have a go. I would have a couple people over and they loved all that. I mean, that, that's fine and all, like, especially if you're keeping the gatherings low, considering our current world state, but, uh, hmm, I wonder if, if he, if he was a good singer, would they have complained then? Probably not 150 of them, um, but anyway. It's. I, I realize it's kind of a double standard. Like making noise is making noise, but uh, yeah, people are weird. Um, our next story: Don't eat that. Also known in Canada as "Don't you put it in your mouth." You, you know I had to. Among the treasures discovered at Oxburgh Hall in Norfolk, England is a 121-year-old chocolate bar still in its tin commissioned by Queen Victoria for troops fighting in the Second Boer War in South Africa, where it is reported on March 31st. Oxburg was the ancestral home of the Bedingfield family for 500 years, and one of them, Sir Henry Edward Paston Bedingfeld, fought in the war. The chocolate bar was discovered in his helmet case. Although you wouldn't want it as your Easter treat, mused Anna Forrest, a cultural heritage curator at Britain's National Trust. It is still complete and a remarkable find. 
On the lid, a message is inscribed in Queen Victoria's handwriting. I wish you a happy new year. That, yeah, that's... Thank you, phone. That is a pretty interesting historical find. Um, there's not a whole lot of things that you're going to find with um, the legitimate handwriting of, you know, a like a leading figure. So, also, it would have been kind of an honor to receive a gift like that, like at the time, you know. That's kind of cool. Anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's a neat thing that we found. Unexpected diagnosis. Kent Ryan Tomao, 25, of Kitawapan City, Philippines, has experienced pain in his chest during cold weather ever since he was stabbed by some teenagers on his way home from work in January 2020. Stands to reason. Inquirer.net, I... Oh, I questioned the legitimacy of the story, but, you know, anyway, reported that on March 24th uh, that a recent x-ray uh, taken as part of Tomao's application for a mining job revealed the source. The four-inch knife blade buried in his chest just inches from his lungs. Tomao told local media he had, quote, no idea there was a knife in my chest, and now, quote, I am just seeking help so it can be removed. Um, I mean, isn't that basically the story of Iron Man? Um, except that in Iron Man's case of shrapnel, but yeah. Um, I don't think that he's going to become a superhero out of this, but um, he comes out of this okay. Because that's quite the situation to be in. Here are a couple of stories about animal antics. First of all, the Anchorage, Alaska Daily News reported on March 26 that customers at a local Costco store are routinely robbed of their large cuts of meat as they transfer their groceries to their cars by ravens. More than a year ago, Olani Saonoa uh, was buckling her toddler in a, into a car seat when a raven swooped in and grabbed a package of short ribs from her car. He had picked up the entire package, she said, and this year it happened to her again. The bird snatched a pack of pork ribs. Other customers are reporting similar incidents on social media. Rick Sinat, a former wildlife biologist, isn't surprised. Ra Ravens, quote, much prefer a package of short ribs from Costco to half a hamburger bun from McDonald's. I mean, doesn't everyone? I, I don't think that uh, the half of a hamburger bun, especially from McDonald's, is going to be nearly as nutritious or filling as um, the fresh package of meat. Um, yeah, ravens are smart animals. In some cases, smarter than us. Uh, other animal antics. Neighbors in Northampton, England have been annoyed by a swan that has been knocking on their doors, sometimes for hours at a time for five years. Uh, Fox News reported on March 24th. He starts by rattling the letterbox, then bashes the metal with its beak quite loudly, said resident Stephen Legg. Um, the racket reverberates through the entire house. The bird targets houses only on one particular block, according to local media, but no one seems to know why. 
Um, I will, I will tell you probably why. Um, I imagine that someone has been feeding this swan through the letterbox, and you know, no one wants to step up and admit to it because what an embarrassment that would be at this point. And our last story for today: compelling explanation. Deputies in Brevard uh, County, Brevard County, Florida, clocked Charles Thomas, 65, of Malabar, going over 100 miles an hour on his motorcycle and weaving in and out of traffic on March 31st, according to an arrest report. When they finally caught up with him, Thomas reassured them by saying, quote, He is trained to drive like that, WKMG TV reported. He was charged with reckless driving. Sure, you can be trained to drive like a maniac, but usually you use that skill in professional racing and movie production, not on the actual road. Because most, because when you're trained to drive like that, you're usually driving with other people who are trained to drive like that. People on the open road are generally not trained to drive like that or to react to people driving like that. Therein lies the difference. Um, but you gotta admit though, just for that one brief shining moment before you realize that you're doing the bad, that probably feels kind of awesome. Anyway, that takes us to the end of the news for this episode. So stay tuned for some more music as well as some more general stuff. What general stuff? Well, you'll find out after the break. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, one FM Alpax.
Drawn from Dreams by Sean Daly, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky and... This, uh, this is a segment song that I haven't used in a very long time. It is time for me to be the Game Show Geek. Um, this is, uh, still something that I would like to, an idea that I'd like to kind of flesh out a little bit more, but, um, for now we're just going to stick with the medium that I already have, which is this radio show slash podcast. So, um, yeah. What I want to do, because any, anyone who knows me well enough knows that I love game shows, otherwise why would I be doing this segment? But um, what I want to do is look at three game shows here that um, are all based on board games. Yeah, so it, it's kind of a weird concept to just take a board game and turn it into a game show, because you can't just do it, you know at face value. You gotta change something about the game. So I'm looking at three board games here, uh, three board game game shows here, and I will tell you right now, we're cutting a little deep on this one. Um, the first one that I'm gonna talk about, you might have heard of, but probably not. The second one you might have, you might think you've heard of, but this is not the one you're thinking of. And the third one, I didn't even know it existed until yesterday. So, um, we're cutting a little deep. Um, so the first one we're going to talk about is Scrabble, which is a quiz show uh, hosted by Chuck Woolery, and uh, that came out in 1984, the original run from 1984 to 1990, with another something in 1983, it might have been a special or something, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of information, but um, yeah, so this is more or less taking off the fact that Scrabble is effectively a crossword um, without a hint system. So what do you do? Add a hint system. Uh, you start with the middle square, just as you would in regular Scrabble, and uh, then you pick up tiles, just as you would in regular Scrabble, except you only get a, you only get two tiles in your tray. And the tray is shared between both of the players. So you pick a letter, hoping that it's in the word that you're trying to build, for which you have received a hint. Uh, and so you pick a letter, hopefully it's in the word. If it is, great, it shows up. If it's not, it's a stopper and control passes to the other player. Uh, after three stoppers, um, the word becomes a speed word in which uh, the word will uh, incrementally be filled in letter by letter except for the last letter and players will buzz in if they think they know the answer. Um, so yeah and also you know that in regular Scrabble I, I haven't wrote any of this down I'm trying, just trying to do this kind of off the cuff for better or worse. Uh, but yeah, as you know in regular Scrabble, as you know if you've played the game anyway, uh, there are also, you know, double letter word, uh, double, double letter score, double word score type of thing. 
uh, bonus spaces on, on the board. If you land one of the letters that you've selected on one of those special squares, and you can solve the uh, you can solve the word on that turn, then you'll get a cash bonus that you get to keep no matter what happens. I actually come to think of it, Chuck Lorre is really good at giving cash bonuses that you get to keep no matter what, considering his uh, appearance on the game show Greed. But we're not talking about Greed; we're talking about Scrabble. Anyway, the goal is to get three words. Uh, on the board. If you can do that, you advance to the sprint, uh, the Scrabbles, the Scrabble Scramble? They talk about Scrabble Sprint? One, one of the two. Anyway, uh, the goal is to uh, solve uh, somewhere between three and five words, depending on the season, um, one by one, trying to solve them in as short a time as possible. And you're doing this against the standing champion, who is usually someone who won the last, you know, who won their own game and just kind of keeps going until they've won a certain amount of money. Uh, I don't. Uh... So they could win up to 10 times, looks like. Uh, so yeah, they would win up to 10 times. Anyway. Scrabble Sprint. So you get uh, somewhere between three and five words, and you get a hint for each one. You get to pick between two letters, just as the normal game, but there are no stoppers. And um, yeah, trying to do it as fast as possible and trying to beat the standing champion. And if you can do that, you win a fair amount of money. It's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, th this is kind of an interesting show. Honestly, it's um, it's certainly a take on Scrabble. You don't get a whole lot of Scrabble feel to it, but you get what they were going for. You get you get the actual board. You get you do kind of get a Scrabble feel. Um, so yeah, that is Scrabble. Now the second game that I'm talking about here is Monopoly. Um, so yeah, Monopoly is a game show uh, that was uh, that happened in 1990. Um, unfortunately, only had the one season, I believe. But um, yeah, so this is the one that you might think you've heard of. You've probably heard of Monopoly Millionaires Club, if anything, uh, which happened just a few years ago. Now this is a show back in 1990. That was hosted by Mike Riley. I have no idea what uh, what he's done. Apparently, he was a host on Jeopardy at one point. Uh, I don't remember him being on Jeopardy, but um, yeah, he. Uh, it, this appears to be the only game show he was the official host of. So that's kind of interesting. But uh, he. As, as a game show host, I think he feels a bit stiff. He, do, he does keep the game going, but uh, his delivery is definitely kind of stiff. Anyway, so game show, uh, so the game show Monopoly happens in two in two regular rounds and one bonus round. So the first round, they go around the board, 
one property at a time, um, trying to guess um, the answer to a clue that is given that starts with a given letter for each block. So the first line of properties start with one letter, the second line with another one, and so on. Now the goal is to get a monopoly, so get uh, both or all three properties of the same color. And if that doesn't happen, then the players who have at least one property uh, in that section will face off to try to win that monopoly in that same, you know, clue and answer format. Once they've gone around the board, then it's time to take whatever money that they got, because they do get money uh, based on uh, the value of the property, as well as the full value once they actually win the Monopoly. So they take that money and bring it uh, and buy some houses and hotels to put on their Monopolies. Uh, then the hostess, uh, who in the episode that I watched was Michelle Nicholas, um, I believe there were a few different hostesses, but um, this Michelle Nicholas, not Michelle Nichols, two different people. But uh, yeah, so they go around the board, and um, if they if they land on a property, then whoever owns that property will answer another question in the um, letter clue and answer format of the first round. If they can do that, they get the rent value of that property. If they can't, then it's a toss-up between the other two players. Uh, there are also some special effects such as chance cards, community chests, um, railroads allow for a hostile takeover monopoly, and um, there are some other spaces, but in what few episodes are available on YouTube, I really didn't get a feel on what the other spaces do. Um, whoever has the most money after uh, both completing round two and cashing in the value of their hotels will move on to the bonus round, which is a lot simpler. Go around the board. Uh, except that they have added four go-to-jail spots in inclusion to the one that's already on the board. Uh, the player does get to decide where they go. So every space that they advance gives them $100. They have five rolls with doubles give you, giving you an extra roll just like in regular Monopoly. And uh, if they can make it around the board without going to jail, they get $25,000. But if they land directly on go, they get $50,000. So this one, eh, I can see why it only lasted one season. Um, it's kind of an interesting concept, but the delivery is just not very engaging. Um, so it's not really one that has a lot of staying power. Uh, definitely when they came up with Monopoly Millionaires Club uh, just a few years ago, uh, that one had a lot more energy, but I don't think that one's running anymore either. I haven't checked in a little while, so... I'm pretty sure it lasts like two or three years, but definitely longer than uh, this version of Monopoly. The last one I want to talk about is Yahtzee. You didn't know there was a game show about Yahtzee, did you? Neither did I. Not until yesterday. Uh, so the concept around Yahtzee is basically 
take Yahtzee, you know, the home game, and add match game. Now, if you're wondering how this works, uh, the concept is, uh, well, first of all, let's point out the fact that this game show came out in, let's see here, 1988 and uh, was hosted by Peter Marshall, who also hosted the original version of Hollywood Squares, um, which is appropriate considering the fact that uh, the layout feels a little bit Hollywood Squares, uh, while also playing out like Match Game. So the, uh, the players are set up in three teams, um, and one by one they will select one of six different questions. That question is posed to the celebrities who put in their answers. Um, now, after the celebrities have put in all their answers, then each player on the team gets a, a chance to match the celebrities. Um, and for and whoever in each round matches more celebrities uh, will advance to the. Um, to the dice round, uh, which they get one roll to make the best combination that they can. If they get Yahtzee, they immediately move on to the bonus round. If they, excuse me, if they don't, then they move on until either they have depleted all the questions or uh, someone, you know, gets Yahtzee in another round. So once. Uh, once either all three rounds are done and they've decided who has the best uh, dice roll or someone rolls Yahtzee, then they move on to the bonus round, uh, which effectively consists of first picking a mystery value of money from a letter board, kind of like the uh, kind of like the format of Wheel of Fortune from the 90s, and um, then they move on to a round to match as many celebrities as they can once again. Uh, for each match that they get, they get an additional roll. Uh, add one roll to that, and that's how many times that they can try to get a Yahtzee. Uh, and if they can manage to get a Yahtzee, then they win the amount that they're playing for. But if they manage to roll, uh, to roll five wilds, uh, because the six on the die uh, has been replaced with a wild card, if they can manage to roll five wilds, they get double the value. Um, this one was kind of a weird game to discover, um, and it, it seemed kind of obvious. Like, I watched the first episode, and it seemed kind of obvious that even Peter Marshall himself wasn't really sure how this was going to play out. Um, like, wasn't really sure of, of all of the rules type of thing. And not to mention, um, there were a lot of backstage problems, financial problems, and all sorts of garbage that ended up making this show only last one season. One season? Looks like it, yeah, one season. About three weeks. And um, 
the, ba- the biggest reason that you might have never heard of this show is because it, it's never been rerun. Like, after its original run, it's never been rerun, and as far as I know, the there's not a whole lot uh, that's been preserved about this. There is an episode on uh, YouTube, obviously, which is how I was able to find it. I think there's at least a couple of episodes. But, um, all I can say is, nice try. Um, sometimes you just gotta try something, and sometimes it doesn't go so well. Anyway, that is it for this uh, episode of Game Show Geek. I do kind of have an idea for next week that might be in the same theme, or next episode anyway. So, um, yeah, look forward to that. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
Leadphones with It Was All a Dream. And here comes Cardboard Box with Culmination, which will culminate this episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. listening i hope that you enjoyed this thing that i have attempted and presented for you today and um yeah hopefully uh can get some more game show stuff going um like like i said i do want to flush out the game show thing a little bit i've had a plan for a little while that i've been sitting on and not really doing anything with but um we'll uh, we'll see what can be done with that plan but for now Let's just leave it off and end things the way that we usually do. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming and LowBiasGaming.net. B-I-A-S Gaming. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil's Innovation, NewsOfTheWeird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Manama Dimiki, Nirikiki McCord, Twilight of Defect, Radix, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm and Press Start continue at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your tunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. 
You can also leave feedback on ckdu.ca, click on shows, find Square Wave Symphony, and click on leave feedback. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim, S-Y-M, or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or most of the podcasters. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.